Hello and welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse 1d6 damage at a time. In this universe. Meanwhile, in a parallel dimension, the horse we beat is alive. And in Stranger Land still, the horse may be no horse at all, but a great beast of fronds and cilia, frantically pulsing with dark intent. Also, in Soviet Russia, dead horse beats us! This week, we review Nexus, the Infinite City which, despite being infinite, still has a quantifiably good Denny's to go to instead of the bad ones. System Master. Welcome back to System Mastery. I'm your host, Jeff. Joining me, as always, is your host, John. As always and forever. It's true. I've tried to replace him, but it never sticks. Nope. Unlike me, which always sticks. <laughs> ah, I'm gross. You're gross, and you're sitting naked on my leather chair again. Mmm, sticky. Ugh. God, God damn it. <laughs> you're just doing that because you, you get off on the whole peeling yourself off of there, don't you? Yeah, man. That's Both the sound and sensation. It's, it is a delight for all of the senses. No, man, that's never been my jam. <laughs> my jam is generally something like a lingonberry or maybe an apricot pineapple preserve. Ew, apricots. Really? No apricots? Nah. Wait, are peaches okay? Yeah, peaches are fine. Apricots are just peach. How the hell do you even notice? Oh, I notice. Don't think I don't notice. Man, you're, uh, okay, whatever. I, I I don't have time to dwell. I have a discerning palate. You have, you have an insane palate. It's different from a discerning palate. No, it's the same as my taste in music, which is to say that I have a very weird eclectic taste. Yes, that's fair enough. I can see that. You have a same. You have a discerning palate, the way like Ted Kaczynski had a discerning brain. <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. Uh, all right. So uh, this week we are reviewing Nexus, the Infinite City, made by a company called uh, Daedalus Press. Yeah, and uh, this is not to be confused with the other game we reviewed called Nexus. No, although it's going to be very apparent very quickly that it's not Nexus, the live-action role-playing experience, because it doesn't need 128 people to play. No, I mean, it takes a scant 60. <laughs> it's, all you need is one polyphonic spree, and <laughs> you can play this game. Look, if you can just find even two college acapella groups you are good to go if you have as many as three grateful deads on stage at once i assume there's like 50 members in the grateful dead am i right there's like they have to have like three drummers uh see the thing is i always assume there's like four of them whereas i would have gone to like fish members if i was going for a large band except the fish also only has four guys i mean they tend to perform with uh with the dap kings from time to time but but they just have four guys because otherwise it would take forever for them to choreograph all of their trampoline bouncing routines that they do on stage <laughs> See, that's why I assume they had a ton of guys, is because half of them would just run off and like do drugs and bounce on trampolines and just <laughs> not give a fuck. That's the weirdest thing about Fish. Fish is a clean band. Oh, they're clean. Yeah, they're very. They ever since uh, Trey Anastasio, what's his face? I'm not a huge Fish fan. I just listened to, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, analyze Fish, the, uh, the the podcast from Earwolf. Yeah, that's where I'm learning all this shit. Uh, they're clean ever since Trey Anastasio went clean. So they're a sober, no drugs band. It's just that their audience is completely high on ridiculous nonsense. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you're like, I don't really need to do drugs because, honestly, just being in the audience of this concert is probably going to give me the greatest of contact highs. For the most part, yeah. I mean, granted, there's a lot of weed being smoked, but mostly it's stuff that... Uh, there's a lot of consumables. And I 
honestly, I also assume that contact high is very literal in this case and that people are so drugged that them touching you is probably going to make you absorb it through your skin. Oh, yeah, definitely. Everyone who does enough drugs at a fish concert gets that weird mucusy toad skin. Oh, I just assume everyone there is like a D&D touch attack monster <laughs> where if they if they get near you and they touch you, you're like, oh, man, I lost three levels I and I'm say, high as balls. You might get high. You might also lose two constitution. Oh, yeah. 100%. You're like, oh, man, I, I am tripping <laughs> balls. Also, I aged 2D10 years. <laughs> man, monster touch attacks in second edition were legitimately scary and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like a fish concert. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, granted, I'm not saying I hate all fish music, but I hate 99% of it. Yeah, so I hate right? all of it. Have you, have you, I mean, oh, have you ever heard of it? That's not true. I, I was going to say, I, you're too weird me. to hate I'm, all fish music. I'm, I'm too much of a weirdo to hate all of the I'm going to guarantee you're going to like at least two songs off one of their like actually recorded non-live studio albums. Well, thank you, men's warehouse guy for fish. I guarantee it. Yeah, you're going to like probably Bouncing Around the Room and uh, Farmhouse. I'm pretty sure if I played either of those songs for you, you'd be like, yeah, all right, I can get down with this crunchy jam. <laughs> yeah, and I would immediately have that vocabulary as yeah. well. <laughs> this groove is super crunchy. Oh, boy. I can't wait to get me a giggity goo ball. Oh, I'm loving all this reggae music. <laughs> Expertise. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> uh, uh. So Nexus is an infinite city. Oh, there you go. There's the game that we were talking about yep. or supposed to be talking about. <laughs> Uh, Nexus is a, it came out in the early nineties. It was basically around the same time as Torg, Rifts, all of those games that were really trying to bank on the, uh, multiple reality, throw in everything you can type yeah. of sensibility. Yeah. This one's a little late comer to the party. I think, I think Rifts is first on, on deck because Rifts came out in like 87 or 88 or some crazy thing. Yeah. Uh, Rifts is an eighties game when most people are going to think of it as a nineties game. Kind of like the nine inch nails, pretty hate machine album. Yeah, look yeah. it up. Look it up. It's from 1989. Nine Inch Nails is 80s music. Get out of here. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, this game is this game's from like the early-ish, like 93, 94 era. Uh, I think it's from 92 or 93 specifically. Yeah. Uh, so it is a game where it's it's supposed to be one of those everything and the kitchen sink games. Like John was saying, it'll have your Torgs or Rifts where it's like, oh, there are an infinite number of dimensions and your character can come from wherever and anything is possible. Yeah, and a lot of that, uh, this I think a little bit more so in the mechanics as well, but I think a lot of that idea really was reflected in the idea of like the later games where, you know, if you're playing Fate or Powered by the Apocalypse or whatever, and you can just define whatever the fuck you want about yourself. Yeah. Uh, these are, I mean, obviously a lot more crunch to them, a yeah. lot they're Heavier grasping that, they're but, grasping towards that freeform gameplay but yeah experience. you can you can go look if i want to make a guy who's from a reality where he's an otter man that also is a super mage you're like great sure that happens yeah you can do that in this game because it's got freeform race construction and it's got it's got a lot of freeform construction to be honest the skill system is entirely make up your own skills and make up how much they're worth yeah the uh the way the game works with making your characters is Everything's point by, yeah. so it, there's no point where you'd go like, oh, well, I'm playing, you know, a Skrill, which is one of the races in this, which is basically like a cat person. And instead of doing that, you go, oh, because I'm a Skrill, I have a bonus to my dexterity, but uh, I've got a lower charisma because I'm an asshole because I'm a cat. And Yeah, yeah. You know, cats are assholes. It's, it's well documented. Yeah. 
So instead of doing that, it's just, look, you point by whatever you want it to be, just make it reflect whatever you're playing. So yeah. it's a little more permissive than a lot of the games at the time. Yeah. Uh, but it's... It's a little unlike, less conversation, a little more action. Right. Well, I mean, I, yeah. unlike GURPS, it's not quite points for everything, mm-hmm. but it is a lot more freeform. Yeah, it's more freeform, but with occasional dives down into super rigorous rules. Yeah, which is the weirdest part of the book, is when you're going through here and they're like, oh, you just do goofy make ups whatever you want, everything, the world is your oyster. Throw and an energy ball to your put- to your buddy. And then it's like, oh, and now rules for throwing, and you're like, what the <laughs> fuck just happened to this game? The rules for throwing are ridiculous. They appear to be ripped off from GURPS or something. Or no, not even GURPS, I'd say maybe more like a hero system. I was going to say probably hero system, yeah. because it's like, like alright, figure out the kilograms of the thing you're throwing, and then yeah. the strength and... Then the speed and velocity of the mass times it, and you're like, oh, stop it. Just stop. Quit it, Einstein. Just say that a small rock does 2d6 and a big rock does 3d6, and let's move on with our days. Yeah, but no. So the uh, character creation, to start with, you have three main stats. Yes. And then each of those stats have three under stats that will inform some various things. And, And the three main stats, of course, are perspicacity... <laughs> uh, Moxie and go get him. Go get him. Yeah. So Gotti. <laughs> I still have not seen whatever the hell that Gotti thing is from. But oh man, it's, you're, it's you're doing yourself a disservice. <laughs> it makes me laugh anyway. I, <laughs> I'm fine with it. So your main stats are body, mind, and reflex. There we go. Uh, and it would have been better if it was perspicacity. Go get him. This and Verve. Go get him. <laughs> Uh, the, all of them start at a five. Yeah. And all of your sub stats are the same as your main stats. So if I've got a five in my body, then the sub stats for it are strength, movement, and toughness. Uh Uh-huh. And that means those three are going to all be the same. Human average is five. Human maximum is 10. Yeah. Now there's nothing saying that you have to play a human, so feel free to go up above those numbers if you like. Uh, so yeah, for all of them, you just have the substats baseline the same as that. Let's hear the re- mix with them. Let's hear the rest of the substats. Uh, for mind, you get intelligence, will, and charisma. Okay. And for reflex, you get dexterity, agility, and speed. So let me guess. Dexterity, I don't need to guess. I read the book. But one of those is hand-to-hand. The other one is ranged weapons. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, dexterity is your, uh... Hand-eye coordination. Your hand-eye. Yeah. And that's going to be your shooting. Your agility is going to be your punching. Yeah, your bounceitude. And then speed is how many actions you can do. So, Uh of course, you want to bump that up if at all possible. Yes, indeed, because this game has action economy breaking. Yep. The the worst thing from the 90s. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it when we get to initiative, but yep, it sure does. The the weird thing to me is most of the sub-stats have something that they're very specifically for. Yes. So strength for your lifting and your damage with melee, mm-hmm. uh, obviously movement for how quick you are, yeah. uh, toughness for your uh, wound points that you can take, and mm-hmm. resisting uh, diseases and whatnot. And then, of course, we already went over all the reflex ones. Yeah. The mind stats are just, this is for if you made up a skill that will use this, it will go with that. But it doesn't really govern a main part of the system it feels more like they were like well each one of these stats is split into three substats so intelligence or, or uh, mind has to be split into three substats too 
And, you know, the question was never raised of, does it need to be? Do we really need three stats in there since all of them are just going to control skill roles? Yeah. I mean, basically they are all just, hey, man, uh, did you want to roll for knowledge on something? Here's this. And because all of your substats are the same base as your main stat, mm-hmm. if I have a six in mind, it's not like oh, well, I'm going to choose to be more intelligent or more charismatic or whatever. I have a six in all my substats as well. Yes. And you can choose to raise and lower your individual substats if you want. Uh, Oddly, it's kind of recommended against as you're reading your way through the book. It's like, hey, you can do this if you really want to drill down on your character, but it normally doesn't matter. This is just to represent characters that are weird for some reason. Yeah, they're like... Basically, it looks like they really wanted to have three stats, and mm-hmm. then someone went... The 90s happened to yeah, them. Yeah, so, someone went, look, the kids these days want nine stats, and or you got to give it to them. If you don't give them at least 12 distinct statistics, they're not going to make any sense. They need substats. I need substats. I got a five in Mortadella. <laughs> so the the entire mind stat and substats just feels useless. Yeah, well, you know... I mean, you can go ahead and say, all right, I'm going to lower my intelligence and up my willpower and maybe I'm a wizard or some shit like that. Every game's going to get a vestigial characteristic or two, John. You can't avoid it. Yeah. It's like that useless flap of skin at the end of a penis. (laughs) You You mean a man? A man? Hey! (laughs) Man, and I haven't even seen Wonder Woman yet. (laughs) Is that joke in there? I don't know. I just assume (laughs) that after seeing it, I will be a man-hater. Oh, that's true. I... I (laughs) That's right. Well, granted, that's because I'm not going to be able to see it in that room full of all women. Oh, and that nothing makes me hate me more than (laughs) not being able to see it in a room full of women. Oh, I'm so mad that I can't go to that one specific screening in Austin. Uh, It's it's sexism. Or wait, is it reverse sexism? I think. Yeah, sure. It's reverse sexism. I tells you. I says. I says to Mabel. I says, (laughs) Mabel, I need to see that one Wonder Woman screening, or the terrorists win. The uh, lady terrorists. Them lady terrorists. Lady terrorists, by the way, <laughs> coming up next on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> so with all of those, uh, you get uh, a bunch of character points as well. Yeah, you get 100 character points. Well, you get between 25. They're like, if you want to oh, be a right. regular dude, you have 25. That's right. And if you want to be like a superhero, like crazy powerful, you get 300. You get a, you get different amounts, but the game recommends you start with 100 character duder points. Yeah, 100 gives you a like powerful, competent guy that isn't also just like insanely powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at that point, you can spend... <sighs> the weird thing in this is it has a lot of package deals, even in stats, because it doesn't in skills too. Yeah. But stats, you can buy like, all right, if you want to just raise a substat by itself, it's three points. Mm-hmm. All right. If you want to raise a like main stat, it's ten points. And of course, raising that main stat then raises all of the substats. Yes. But then there's these weird things where it's like, oh, maybe you just want to be good at gun shooting so you get a combo package of two related stats that don't necessarily need to be in the same block oh yeah like there's one where it's like oh uh you can get the bruiser package and it gives you a bonus to like plus one to strength and toughness substats and it costs five so you're like okay well that's a good deal i'll just take that a bunch of times also if i do that and then spend three points to raise up my movement anyway, I have essentially moved up all of my body stats without giving a shit and yeah. saving two points. Except you don't have your body at whatever the new the new rank is. Although, I, I'm going to say, 
I, I couldn't find a single point where they weren't referencing one of the substats for what you rolled. Yeah, this game doesn't really make a whole lot of use out of the core stats. No. So they're, they're just there as measuring tools. So yeah, it's very easy to... And here's the thing, that bruiser package is one of the, an example. You're supposed to be able to make up any combination you want. If you can justify it, you can have it. So if you're like, my character is good at sleight of hand, or sleight of hand package, so he's got uh, dexterity and intelligence. Yeah, you're like, I'm... Street Magician is my package, so, so I got, I've got that. I've got a plus one to my dexterity and a plus one to mind-freaking you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I come from a reality where Chris Angel is an actual angel. <laughs> and Chris Gaines <laughs> is an and actual Chris celebrity. Gaines has super gains. He's so buff. <laughs> He's got so many gains. I like the idea of him being an actual celebrity who pretended to be Tim McGraw for two albums. <laughs> I mean, I'm just the wrong guy. Wrong guy, but still. <laughs> oh, that's right. Hang on. Remind me who he is. Uh, he was. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> now you done goofed me up. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Tim McGraw now. Yeah, he was Friends in Low Places. What's his nuts? That, that guy. Friends in Low Places guy. Yeah. Uh, Harry he, Belafonte. Yeah. That, there you go. Paul Anka. That's what I was <laughs> looking for. That's what it was. I'm uh, sorry. I was looking. Don't you hate it when someone says the wrong name and it replaces the correct name in your mind forever? Yes. I was like, it's oh, Garth I, Brooks, by the way. There we go. Because I was like, I knew who it was. And then as soon as you said Tim McGraw, I was like, well, I have no recollection of the correct answer. <laughs> oh, man. It's just like that guy who starred in Jaws, <laughs> Brian Cox. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, yeah, the, the, the package deal system. Mm-hmm. Uh, also exists in skills, which skills they have some that they like do examples of, but mostly you're supposed to make it up. Yeah, you're supposed. And, and here's the interesting thing: skills are supposed to cost half of a care of a CP, which is the abbreviation for uh, your character points in this game. I'm not even sure if it stands for character points. I think it might start stand for chocolate peanuts. Yeah, it's chocolate peanuts. Yeah, I think it's chocolate. You get a hundred chocolate peanuts Look, to start. They, they give you a bag of a hundred M and M peanut. Yeah, and then every time you spend a point, you got to eat one. Yeah, that's how the game starts. You got to eat a hundred peanut M and Ms. Yep, that's how it goes. <laughs> Every single adventure. I mean, that's how all of the gaming sessions I've ever been to go. Yeah, except that we skip the middleman and go straight to those tasty pre-chewed peanut butter M&M's. Because mm-hmm. that is the greatest M&M. It's so good. It is, it is far and away the best M&M because it's, it's easily the worst for you. <laughs> it's like, hey, you know, how some how you, M- know. you know how some M&M's have a tasty peanut in the middle and it's pretty good and it's crunchy and it's tasty in there? What if that was half sugar instead? <laughs> what if instead of like... A peanut, which is we almost healthy, chemicals and sugar in there instead. Oh, well, that sounds great! <laughs> All right, now what's the worst M and M? I'm going to say probably the raspberry ones. Oh, I'm going to say the fucking crunch one. Oh, I hate that. You didn't one. like them? Oh, you know what? Probably, I'm going to go with is the big one, the M and M big or whatever. That, oh, the M and M minis, however, are delicious. Also awful. They're no, you don't like those? No. Your, well, okay, They're, those maybe not your thing. I'm all right with those, but the big M and M, the ratio of candy to chocolate is all wrong. <laughs> it's 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 no bueno. Yeah, well, I mean, at that point, it's now I can actually taste the Hershey's chocolate, and that's not good. No, you don't want that. You just want that crispy shell. Yeah. That's the only part that matters. That's why you should probably just get some Reese's Pieces instead. Exactly. Those are freaking tasty. Again, peanut butter. Peanut butros. That's the secret to a delicious candy, or yeah. ice cream, or a sex encounter. <laughs> yes, a tasty sex encounter. <laughs> Nothing quite like one of those fine sex encounters with a friendly sex gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, your skills are... You can do a couple things. You can either have a single skill, so it's like, what do you have? I have botany. Okay, great. Uh, Or you can do a package, which is like two skills. Mm -hmm. So you can have something that's like 
uh, do a like a math, and then it'll give you like basic math and advanced math, and you know, give you sort of a radio basic and radio scrambler and other skills from Palladium you will never use. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's it's ways to say I've got a skill, but it covers more than just the baseline of whatever it is. Yeah. And then you can go on to what is essentially like profession packages. Mm-hmm. And like soldier. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. those ones are all like, what is this? If you can think of a skill that might go along with this profession, you've got it. Yeah. So instead of rolling like, oh, I have soldier. And instead of writing down soldier means I have like guns and demolitions and marching and whatever. You just go, no, my skill is called soldier. Mm-hmm. And anytime I would roll something, I'll just look and see what my soldier skill is. Yeah. And the... Uh, the actual way that you get that is it's weird because most of them are going to include like at least probably five skills worth of stuff in your package. Yeah. But it costs like twice as much as a normal skill. So you who did, gives a shit? Yeah. You you definitely made the right call going with standard soldier because I picked that Beetle Bailey skill package. <laughs> and it, it's, I got napping. I got napping, avoiding the creepy sexual predations of Sarge. <laughs> uh, uh, Jack and apes. Yeah, being bemused by modern technology. <laughs> <laughs> drinking to avoid the wife uh yeah and, the <laughs> and also inappropriately touching the the handsome mrs buxley oh mrs buxley i think it's miss buxley technically miss buxley. buxley god you know that you know that comic strip is a sister comic strip to uh high and lois in that beetle bailey is lois's brother huh this is like one of those weird bits of comic book history that no one knows that is very weird yeah so uh yeah, so the the skill packages are two points per level that you want to get in that. Yeah, so those are definitely the way to go. You just pick a bunch of skill packages, justify them, and you'll have every skill you ever can think of. Yeah, because it's one point if you want a skill that's specific about something, so you're like, oh, lock picking. That's mm-hmm. one point per skill level. Yeah. But if I get burglar as my package, then I've got like, oh, I've got stealth and sneaking and lockpicking and pickpocket and everything else, and it costs me two points per level instead. Yeah, and you can get a half-point skill instead if it's something that's not especially useful. It's trivial. It's like, I know about basketball. Yeah, or if you're like, I'm really good at talk picking. (laughs) Yeah. What is that? I don't know, but I'm really good at it. Yeah, well, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know what my skill in talk picking is. Uh, Man, I've known you long enough. Your talk picking is garbage. (laughs) I'm spelling it T-O-C-K. I think you're spelling it T-A-L-K. I am. Are you accusing me of being bad at language? Yes, I am. That is what I'm doing. (laughs) Sir, I'll let you know I have a dazzling vocabulary (laughs) and a way with words that attracts many fine ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Also, a super seductive and sensual announcer style voice. Yes, of course. Of course you do. Yeah. Why would I ever think otherwise? (laughs) No, probably because you know me. (laughs) Uh, And hey... This has got advantages and disadvantages. Woo! Yeah, most of them are kind of goofy make ups again, though. There's only a few that are actually printed in the book. Yeah, I mean, again, you can kind of make up your own, but they've got things like, uh, I have friends, or I'm lucky, or I'm sexy, or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know it. <laughs> you have to pay extra points if you're sexy and you know it. Oh, yeah, that's two points. It's <laughs> one point for sexy, two points to be sexy oh, and to know it. Yeah, also it's a disadvantage if you're too sexy. <laughs> yeah. For example, if you're too sexy for your shirt, then you get an extra three points. Yeah, I'm too sexy. I can't wear armor. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm too sexy for this land. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go to a different world in could, Nexus. Could we perhaps go to a New York or Japan? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and then, of course, the disadvantages are all just crap that's in everything that doesn't matter anyway. Like, I've got a rival, okay? Oh, good. You have a spotlight. Because you have to fight some dude every every session anyway. Now it's just some dude that's specifically relevant to you. Yeah, and I mean, you do have the standard ones of, one of my, like, senses is shitty, so I can have, like, poor eyesight or poor hearing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, like... Uh, I'm gullible, or I'm... <laughs> the sort of one that you can just ignore? Yeah, the, all, in, in all the, the ones the that are like, you have a role-playing thing. Yeah. Like, well, don't care. I'm the class clown. Don't care. <laughs> yeah. So, those are in there. Those are just a great way to get a couple of extra uh, what chocolate peanuts so that you can continue to buy interesting skills and abilities, because there is a little section here for powers, superpowers, psychic abilities, and magic abilities. Yeah. The uh, In order to do, like, spells, you need to be able to have uh, mysticism as a skill. Which is the only skill in the game that's crazy expensive. Yeah, they're like, look, if you want to be a wizard, you're probably going to take wizard as a profession skill mm-hmm. package. Yes. Pump shit into that, and then... You have to then throw a whole bunch of points into doing spells, which are also you just make stuff up. Yeah, they're ne- they're nebulous make em ups where there are about they give you some examples of different types of skill or uh, spell power sets. Yeah, because it'll be things like uh, I've got alter skills, so you can do stuff like I can make things shrink or grow, or I can mm-hmm. change what I look like or whatever. It's stand- it, the starting one that it shows you is alteration, which. Given this kind of unhinged power immediately becomes the best spell set in the game, not that it wasn't already, Alteration Forever, uh, out of the original D&D 8. Well, and Alteration in this also includes stuff like healing. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, I alter your body so you're not hurt anymore. Yeah, the problem with Alteration is if you just dial it back to that term, then it becomes the most powerful spell set ever because you can just be do things like, oh, what are you, a summoner? I am also a summoner. I alter that space over there so that there's a demon in it where once a demon was not. <laughs> I turn that chair into a demon. Get out. Yeah. Look at that. I'm a way better summoner than you. Yeah, I mean, it has... So, alteration is one, and then attack spells, defense spells... All of which can be handled by alteration. Uh, and I think... Oh, and information. So, you can do, like, divination and telepathy and stuff like that, because it's supposed to be the infinite city, so all of these powers are supposed to cover psionics and magic and ridiculous high-tech and all of that shit. Yes, yeah. Any technology that is sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic. My dick. <laughs> yeah. Once, once a tech gets just uh, sufficiently advanced, it looks like my dick. Any, tef- any technology sufficiently gross is indistinguishable from John's dick. Yep. <laughs> well, what is that? Some kind of floppy ray gun you got there? <laughs> oh, man. You got yourself one of them gross Cronenberg goop blobs. <laughs> Oh, man, some guy's about to start railing about about the new flesh, isn't he? God damn it. <laughs> yeah, except your flesh is old and tired. Aw, oh, the old flesh. Long live the old flesh. <laughs> the old spongy John flesh. <laughs> uh, Dick insults 101. So, in addition to just having to spend points to have them, you can also do modifiers for like, oh, there are conditions to it, so... My power only works on certain things or during certain times, or Mm -hmm. it specifically works on a larger area than it normally would. So you've got a lot of modifiers and nonsense. i got to turn in a circle three times and eat a Twinkie, and then I can cast this spell. Yep, me too. Yeah. 
Wow, we really came up with the same thing pretty much. Just like, oh, no, I just me. have to turn in a circle three times and eat a Twinkie. I'm not casting anything. <laughs> you just have a problem. I, I just have a problem. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and then it gives you a bunch of, like, sample spells that you could make. Yeah, and they're not bad. Which one of them includes lightning feet? Yeah, that's pretty rad, actually. Yeah, that's the sort of thing you'd probably be able to get out of, like, Marvel superheroic, ro- superheroic role-playing. Oh, yeah, probably. Get some phase rip system going on. I have lightning. Roll again. Feet. Make, make movies, movies about. about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How would you like to see Tarantino's lightning feet? <laughs> Coming this summer, Quentin Tarantino's lightning feet. I mean, he's only going to make, what, two more movies in his life, I think it is? He's saying he's going to stop when he makes ten movies or something? Maybe. If one of them is lightning feet, I will be super happy. I hope so. I hope his tenth is just his coming out as a foot fetishist for real. <laughs> See, I was kind of hoping his 10th would just be to make make, make the 5th in some terrible like uh, movie series, some big-name Hollywood thing. Yeah. He's like, all right, Quentin Tarantino's final movie is Fast and Furious and Even Furiouser, the 12th entry in the Fast and the Furious franchise. <laughs> fast, furious, and fastly furious, and furiously fast. Fast, furious, and feet. <laughs> the feet and the furious. <laughs> the feet of the furious. Ah, uh, the feet of the furious. And then it's all just <laughs> foot shots of like Vin Diesel. Just giant, gross Vin Diesel feet. Uh. <laughs> By the time they make that, that's pretty much all he's good for at that point, anyway. Yeah. He's just also making, saying, I am Groot into a microphone at the same time. <laughs> he doesn't even care. I'm doing two movies. Fuck you. I, I, I only do me. Soy Groot. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, yeah. So that's. Pretty much character creation. You just spend your points on making whatever. Yeah, and then you get some crazy gear from a variety of different dimensions, which we should probably really talk about because this game is way better when it comes to the hook than it is to the you know the line and the sinker. Yeah the the idea of this is a city of like infinite dimensions and you could go anywhere and everything's sort of connected mm-hmm. really falls apart when they start getting into the specifics of how it works. Yeah, it was gonna. I mean, some of it's kind of fun and interesting. Like when they describe little individual sections of towns or, you know, it, a lot of this book kind of reads like just, hey, let's make some stoner ideas. Like, hey guys, what if there was a highway and it was an infinite highway? You could just drive on it forever. Yeah, but like what if... Life was a highway. <laughs> well, then I'd want to ride on it. All night long? For an infinite number of all nights long. <laughs> For all of the nights. <laughs> and all of the longs, including Justin Long. Indeed. <laughs> and Kevin Long. <laughs> and probably some other ones. Uh, so Kevin Long's just some guy I know. One of the, uh, the main uh realities that is in here that it sort of assumes you will start in oh yeah because your players are boring so you're gonna have to give them the boring place to start yeah is angel city yeah which is los angeles from presumably like like our earth yeah uh that got completely ripped and put into nexus yeah so at about 1993 los angeles boops out of existence and pops into the nexus and it is what is known in this game, in the stupidest term in this book, as a bleeding chunk, which is the term for a section of a universe that has no connections back to its old universe. Yeah, it is completely surrounded by uh, portals and gateways and whatnot to mm-hmm. other dimensions. The weird thing to me is the uh, the way that they talk about this as far as like, oh, it's weird that like, a city will be completely, or even a chunk, will be completely cut off from its reality. Well, it leaves open the other the other idea. That I'm like, okay, 
it only mentions it in like one of the cities because there's another like hub city called Babel, mm-hmm. and uh, they have a portal back to their home dimension though. But that dimension is very, very guarded, and they're like, we we're super xenophobic. We don't want anybody coming here, so we guard that entrance. Yeah. But we are all about trading with people in Nexus, so we can get some stuff. Yeah. But none of the other realities are like. So what happens to the other reality when someone figures out that, you know, space is being weirdly folded and, like, if I'm in Earth and I walk into a place and all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, I'm in some other dimension and I can walk back the way I came and go back to the dimension I was in, like... Yeah, there's that's not gonna a lot fuck of, everything. The, the the game is very centered in this Nexus world. It doesn't really have that much to do with what's going on, or what the fact that the Nexus exists does to the other worlds. Yeah, it is not very concerned on what other dimensions are going to give a shit about. But it certainly puts the question in your head as a player. Like, wait a minute. So does that mean I could just walk back to Earth through this portal and? Like become like just drop this whole adventuring thing and just be- become a trader and be like, hey, I've got a crazy splugal florp from Dimension P- Pew, and you're gonna want them. Oh yeah, like the big thing for me is they sort of mention this occasionally that like uh, one of the like there's not classes, but one of the things you could be is called a jacker, mm-hmm. and it's mostly people who try to do like interdimensional trading and stuff like that. But I have to imagine that. The second I discover, like, oh, I'm from, like, a mid-tech world. Like, I'm from Earth. And I go to Nexus, and all of a sudden I see, like, a teleportation device. I take that back to Earth and go, great, that's all I gave a fuck about. Goodbye, Nexus, forever. Yeah. (laughs) There's there's this thing that bothered me to a tremendous degree when I was trying to read my way through the Harry Potter books, which is that wizards seem to be entirely consumed with wasting their fucking time. Yes. Like, instead of being interesting or doing or advancing magic or whatever, they're like, ooh, I've invented a thing that stirs my floating tea. Oh, yeah. No, 100% wizards are all about, like, oh, what did you use your great cosmic power for? Oh, I made it so that my chocolate is animated. Okay, why? Okay, I don't yeah. know. Oh, so it's more annoying to eat? Yeah, so I have to chase it and shit. This this jelly bean tastes like the inside of my bum. You're like, why would you want... Well, who? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, like, and, and that's the thing you see here, too. It's like these people realize they live in an infinite universe of infinite dimensions. They're like, what if I made a hamburger that tastes like a plum? And you're like, stop. Just you, no, you, no one cares. No one cares. I mean... Granted, a couple of weirdos are going to care, but not everyone who finds the other dimensions is fucking hedonism bot. Most people are either <laughs> just trying to get get by, or they're going to be super mercantile about this and make a fuck ton of money on the back of their own dimension. Yeah. I mean, I could go on about this, but I, I'm going to stop because there's other shit I want to complain about as well. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many things to complain about. One well, let's is, start with Angel City, I was huh? going to say, one is, Angel City is, it's not even just like the main Los Angeles, because it's... Fucking, like, it goes to Pasadena and Anaheim and almost, I think at one point it mentions having Riverside. So it's not just, like, the city of Los Angeles. It is, like, the greater L.A. County and more. And some more, yeah, because it has Orange County in there and also seems to have managed to get all the way out into whatever the fuck they call Riverside. Uh, San Bernardino. Yeah, okay, so it's got San Bernardino, too. Like, if, if you're not from California and you have no idea what we're talking about, just know that L.A. is so fucking swollen and bloated that it has incorporated a number of smaller cities that just kind of got swallowed by it like the fucking blob <laughs> over the past 50 years. Just know Los Angeles probably has more people than a lot of European countries. Yes, in most of the states. 
Yeah. Uh, it's it's this huge fucking festering hole, and if it were to vanish from California, most people would be fine with it. I, I wouldn't try and find it. I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't be like, oh, that means there's probably a parallel dimension. I, I'd be like, well, yeah, there's definitely a parallel dimension, but those fuckers are stuck with L.A. Oh, they got the raw deal. <laughs> Sucks to be them. I mean, the big thing for me is I kept thinking about, all right, so that home reality then where Los Angeles is completely cut off by like these dimension gates, what is everyone else looking at? Like, can they can they see Los Angeles? I think it just disappears, and there's just a hole with some water in it. I think you get a, I think it just, you get, boom, yeah, just boosh, and then all of a sudden, friggin' like Oceanside is even more lakefront property. <laughs> Oceanside is even more oceany. Yeah, it's like yes, score says the one guy. <laughs> says that guy before his house crumbles into the water. <laughs> <laughs> oh my petard! <laughs> I'm drowning by it. Uh, so the big thing for me is Angel City is Los Angeles and it's been 10 years. It's been 10 years since it, it teleported. Has been consumed in a giant flare of nexus portals. Yeah. But there is a 0% chance that any Angelino would deign to call that city Angel City. Oh, they would get so mad at you if you called that place Angel City. That's like going into San Francisco and calling it Frisco in front of someone. Oh yeah. No. If if I went into like Los Angeles, and I was like, ah, oh, yes, Angel City. People would be like, what the fuck is wrong we with you? We don't even like City of Angels, you piece of shit. You can't call it that. And the the thing is, you also can't be like, oh, it was just because of weird translations for aliens. I'm like, no. If an alien comes in and goes, what's the name of this city? And you say, Los Angeles. They're not going to go, well, let me try and fuck that up then. I like the idea that the aliens only spoke rudimentary Spanish. Like you, <laughs> you find some aliens out in the middle of nowhere, and they're like, bzorp, gleep, zorp, glurp. And you're like, I'm sorry, I don't speak your language. Uh, hablo espanol? Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Uh, Los Angeles. And they're like, ah, yes, the city of angels. We shall call it Angel City. Except there's no city in the name. It would just be Los Angeles. Oh, the angels? Okay. <laughs> You're you are the angels now. <laughs> well, it's the city of them now. So I guess I mean it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. They it, if they were to change it's 1993 Los Angeles. If they were going to change their name to something, it'd be like No Fear by Stussy. <laughs> uh, yeah, the <laughs> Big Johnson presents Nirvana, a, a Los Angeles experience. I I'm just I was just pissed off about that and. The weird little sub-cities that show up now are odd. Like, Hollywood is just Hollywood, and they still make, uh, they just like make movies weirder and movies. stuff. It's just they use magic and technology and shit now. Yeah. Uh, but you get, like, Pasadena entirely turned into New California, and they're super xenophobic, yeah, and they just want to be America they're, again. They're trying to pretend to still be America. Yeah. So they have, like, gate guards and stuff, and they won't let in any of the weird aliens, and honestly, they probably don't let in any of the black people either, and and they're just out there going, we're the real America. None oh, yeah, that was one of the other things, is all of the people who were from this reality are called Native Americans. Oh, for Christ's sake. Because, you know, they were Native to America, but now they're in Nexus and they're Native Americans. Do you get it? Do, Do you, you get, get it yet? Do you get my joke about the Native Americans? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, there's but there's a shitload of other stuff. So in addition some, to Angel City, with some super disappointing holes. Because let's talk about this. Why would it even mention that Anaheim made the change over to the other dimension without discussing what happened at Disneyland? Right. Because like, that was immediately when they were like, 
oh, Los Angeles went over, and it also includes, like, these other areas. And when they said Anaheim, I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to get to the section where they talk about, like, the now weirdly alien Disneyland. Oh, man, Interplanar Disneyland would be the coolest place on Earth. Like, the Tiki Birds are all alive or something. Yeah, I'm like, dude, you just added literal magic to the Magic Kingdom, and they have, like, super crazy hypertech to be able to do shit with. Yeah, let's talk about how there's a gang war between them and friggin' uh, Knott's Berry Farm that's got, like, People that are like anthropomorphic Snoopies and stuff are just just <laughs> riding to battle. The army of Snoopies. Yeah, a whole army of Snoopies. Uh, just throwing their battle woodstocks at the enemy. The enemy, of course, being a bunch of goof troop men. <laughs> a, a literal goof troop. <laughs> a literal, you... literal troop of goof. A literal troop of goofs. <laughs> you goof. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the fact that they don't do any of that. And then, of course, they're still like, oh, there's these bad sections of town where there's gangs made up of mostly blacks and mexicans and you're like okay great well, thanks. yeah yeah thank you 1993 and then there is a gang made up of mostly uh, wealthy caucasians that are the yuppie death dealers is the name of the gang yeah this book's got we've talked about this before but for some reason book authors just cannot come up with names for like gangs or bands or djs no one of the main like uh black gangs in this is the triple a badasses why? Quit putting badass into things. I don't need a 10-ton badass. I don't, I don't need, need a triple-A badass. Also, isn't a triple-A like a minor league baseball thing? Yeah. Now, yeah. if if the triple-A badasses were all like the Warriors-style baseball players, on board fully. That or if they also like fixed cars. <laughs> yes. If, they, if, they, if this gang showed up and they're like swinging chains and they got baseball bats, oh, like, well, well, there. well. Looks like you got some car trouble. Well, let's help you out with that, okay? Yeah. All right, here All right. we go. Here we go. Did you want a map of the area? We have a number of Thompson's guides. <laughs> the uh, Speaking of the maps of the areas, one of the big things in this is rickshaws. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, because getting between dimensions and whatnot is... Stupid? Stupid in this? Yeah, pretty much. There's a section at the very beginning where it's like, to get from, like, let's say an experienced person, denizen of Angel City, will know that if they would like to get to a a specific office building, they just start walking towards an office building that sort of looks like the one they want to go to. And eventually, that'll concentrate the dimensions they're traveling through until they get to their specific office building. Yeah, the, the whole idea behind Nexus is that usually dimensions overlap with things that are alike. Yes. So... You know, if you're from Earth, you'll probably be next to, like, a parallel Earth. Or if you're in, like, the woods, you'll probably be in the woods of whatever other dimension you're connected to. Yes. So it doesn't... You don't have that, like, oh, I went through a portal and I went from, like, a fairy glade into a weird hellscape. Mm -hmm. You usually have some, like, connection between the two. Yeah. And let's be fair, that, that pretty much stands to reason with most of what I understand about actual parallel dimension theory. Like, from what I know, the actual parallel dimension to Earth is mostly populated by, like, uh, Dennis Hopper as an evil lizard king. Yeah. Uh, you got some you got some jumpy boots. But mostly yeah. it's the same. Yeah, it's mostly the same. There's I some mean, there's a there's a, a mushroom for your king. Yeah, but I mean it's still basically like you got pizza. Yeah. You got pipes. Yeah, you got a big lady that runs a bar. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much what you'd expect. It's exactly what you'd These expect. These are Super Mario the movie jokes, <laughs> if you're not. The jokes. The, that's, that's what this is. Coming up next, Dungeons and Dragons jokes, or I guess maybe Double Dragon jokes. So, um, let's see. Oh, there's a bunch of goofy crap as well within all of these dimensions. Yeah, the, like I was saying earlier, a lot of the book is given over to just sort of weed thinking. Like, like uh, what if there was a 
building, but every door in the building just led to another building, and it was the infinite building. Yeah, you have an infinite building where it's like, oh, uh, you're in a building, and you walk through a door, and it's a different room in the building, and you just keep going, and unless you know how to get out of the building, you're just, you're just trapped in, the building. in there. Yeah, and So you'll it, find like colonies of people that are just hanging out in this building. Yeah, a lot of it is still like active offices and stuff, but it's like, why? Who would take a job in the infinite building? Well, they're like, oh, I know how to get in and out of it. So I just go in through this, and then I make my way towards where the offices are, mm-hmm. and pretty then much I you use just these board offices. Up, you pretty much just board up the couple doors that lead into other buildings. You're yeah. just like, there we go. This is technically part of the infinite building, but we destroyed that door, so... Fuck it. We, we are, we are going to just put order on this chaos. Yeah. Or uh, one of my favorites, there's, there's a little restaurant you can go and eat at that's supposed to be in a nice secret place where you can eat where electronic devices don't work or whatever, so you can have, like... Uh, what's clandestine conversations also your food changes flavor with every bite because it keeps changing dimensions oh yeah it's in uh spin city yeah and uh, uh also in spin city you've got uh you know your michael j foxes your, yeah your barry's bostwick <laughs> your uh richard's kind yeah, yeah all in there yeah every single one of them yeah it's all it's called spinville but i am only referring to it as a spin city yeah sure but the whole thing is a city where everything is constantly changing yes so the whole thing is like uh it moves between things that it's already alike so a chair wouldn't just morph into like a dog it would turn into various other chairs yeah eventually you're gonna have one of them ikea pwongs i'd like to think that every chair there eventually either turns into a pwong or an ectorp (laughs) (laughs) i like to think that they all eventually just turn into couches (laughs) well an ectorp is a couch and then that couch turns into a bed and then that bed turns into a murphy bed and then it turns into a wall and then it's gone (laughs) see i thought it was just turning into a bed because that was part of your like lazy fantasy dream oh my my fantasy is for everything to turn into beds eventually (laughs) it was like oh yeah and there was a floor and then it turned into a bed and and i went to sleep and i didn't get out of that bed the end (laughs) then there was a countertop and then that countertop turned from granite into wood into a bed the john hero journey (laughs) (laughs) a man must discover who he is by finding a bed and sleeping in it uh but that city got completely abandoned by its inhabitants Mm -hmm. and they have essentially the same power as the fucking annoying they're like the they have the power of oh i can go to a thing and use my weird spin magic and change things into things that are like whatever they are and just keep twisting it they use the power of spin art yeah Yeah. they get a spirograph out (laughs) and uh that's their power that's their power to make an annoying little picture that you don't really care about that much (laughs) you're like oh look i made made some lines on a thing i doodled real hard look at that it's sort of like a little uh it's a bunch of parabolas oh what do you know i i made that i made i made what basically looks like a weird flower i guess anyway i don't care about this anymore (laughs) Oh man, so uh, so yeah, this spin in this little spin restaurant, your food changes flavor and texture and stuff every time you take a bite, and then it goes. Prices start are generally about twenty dollars for a plate of food, and I'm like, well, well, what would be the low end? Because why wouldn't you just buy that? I mean, well, I think it's quantity is what you're looking at. Uh, that's it's just by like, the pound. Oh yeah, you're like I paid ten dollars and I got half the size of a meal that I would have gotten for twenty. Also, I assume they probably have the worst chefs in the world because why would they bother? Oh yeah, like, the chefs just like back there throws together some glop and he's just, here you go, here you Who go. Who cares? It's gonna turn into something else anyway. I got no idea what it is. Is I just took some stuff, threw it in a pot. Here you go. <laughs> I'm a chef. I got you a block of hard plastic. <laughs> Don't worry, in a minute, says it'll be a steak, says. 
I got you this cheese. It's just the cheese. Don't worry, though. It's probably something else. Well, I was thinking that it'd be great if the prices were varied based on what it can spin into. Like, oh, yeah, if you buy the really cheap thing on the menu, it can turn from spam to a hot dog. Yeah. You get the, because it only turns into things that are alike. Yeah. So it's like, oh, man, you go to the low end and you just get, like, shitty processed food. You're like, oh, I started eating this and at first it was spam, then it turned into bologna and then a hot dog. And, and then like, it's just oh, a raccoon. <laughs> just a bunch of raccoons and cockroaches. <laughs> a little raccoon jumped at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually a pretty solid win. You get a free, free raccoon. Free raccoon. Oh, and then the cool. raccoon just turns into something else. Oh, damn it. And then it turns into a rat and it takes the rest of your food and runs away with it. <laughs> So, yeah, it's a lot of stuff like that where it's like, that's a cutesy, fun little idea, but how are you going to incorporate that into a work, working like role-playing game session? Is anything other than fun window dressing? Oh, the the entire back half of this book is a shit ton of information for buildings and aliens and weird things you can go find. Yeah, we even really quick, the aliens. The Skriller cat people. The Saurians are humans with dinosaurs for heads. Oh, yeah. They're they're from dinosaurs evolved instead of mammals planet. It's but it's stupid. It's it's like if if they evolved, if we evolved the same way they did, we'd all have orangutan heads. Yeah. I I don't know why they're like, "Oh yeah, they they all look like reptile reptilian humans, but then they have like T-Rex heads." Yeah, they're T-Rex up top and party in the back. Every single one <laughs> of them. Just just a giant T-Rex head that they clearly like it's a whole race that can't wear t-shirts. Yeah. Is because there's no way they get that stupid thing through the hole. Nah, man. They, it's all button-downs with these guys. All button-downs forever. Yeah. And then uh, the spinners, which are the guys who can change dimensional lo- stuff locally, like they can kind of go, oh, this is an apple. Spin, it's a pear. Look at that. I did that. Yeah. And they're like three-foot-tall, fat little blue guys with horns. The uh, There's the Corvani, which are from Babel, who are the super xenophobic guys, and... I don't even know. Most of, I, I don't actually know what they look like because the worst part of this book you is... You forgot to tell us. Most of the races in this, they're like, oh, here's a race, and they uh, they have this ideology, they come from a planet with this level of magic and this level of tech, and it goes into the full background, never once says what they look like. And so it's I'm, not like you're going to get a photo of them because this book got its art by putting quarters into a randomized vending machine. Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes you're like, oh, look, that's obviously a Saurian... That's very clearly a Skrill or whatever. Yeah, but 90% of the pictures are generic 90s art of an adventure man. Yeah, and so a lot of the alien races are just described as what they do rather than what they look like. But you so know, I have no idea. It's an interesting concept. Yeah. It's I described mean, I, by what they do. It's like it's judging them by the content of their character, John. I don't understand what your problem is exactly. Oh, my problem is I need to know if I should hate them. <laughs> Yeah, that's you, my problem. You should probably hate the Corvani because they're xenophobic weirdos from from ancient Super Babel. Yeah, there's one that is a group of unaging super badass warriors that showed up because their home reality connected very briefly. Mm-hmm. A lot of them came over into Nexus, and then their reality blinked out from connection. So they're stuck here, but they're all like super martial arts badasses, and they're the best bodyguards ever, and they almost never die. But then there's just no, like, oh, this is what they do, or this is, like, what they look like. Well, yeah, just, I okay. love that they all just sort of subsumed into being bodyguards. Yeah, they were like, oh, we've got uh, a little clan of us that hang out together, and mostly we get hired as bodyguards. Yeah, okay. I would have preferred it if they had not gone along with their muscle-bound exteriors and been like, well, we showed up, we're the biggest badasses in town. Let's open a combination karaoke-slash-pizza restaurant. Oh, yeah, if they were like... 
Well, guys, we're the biggest badasses around. It's time to open up that taco shop I always wanted. <laughs> Big, beefy, badass tacos. <laughs> Come on in. You'll probably never die. <laughs> uh, we got to talk about one last thing before we get into favorites and least favorites, which is a very neat thing in the back of this book. Conversion tables for how to run 10 other games into Nexus. Yeah, some of them are ones that we have already reviewed. It's got like Over the Edge, uh, Talislanta, yeah. GURPS, Cyberpunk 2020, which we have not covered, but we might as well have. Yeah. Because Cyberworld was basically a total Cyberpunk 2020 ripoff. Uh, and then also the Storyteller System and the Hero System, both and, of which uh, we've covered. Call of Cthulhu was in there. Yeah, not that we've covered it yet. No, but it's got just a lot of various things. And they're like, oh, if you're going to run... Like, one of these worlds connects to Nexus, here's a thing you can do. Yeah, it's sort of neat to see this, because it also has, like, stat conversion guides for how to turn, like, a, a white wolf vampire into a uh, a, a, a Nexon, if you want. Although, it's funny, because the excuses they give for what storytellers' games would do with the uh, Infinite City are so lame. Well, that's one of the problems with the way that this is set up. <laughs> Is it's like, oh, what happens? Well, the vampires find it, and they're just like, oh, this is a neat place to hang out so that, you know, people don't find me. I can get away from the fuss-budgety life of the Camarilla here. It's like a it's like a Channel Islands, but for vampires. Dude, you just found the Nexus of Realities, which has an infinite number of possibilities, and your first thought is, oh boy, I could hang out here for a bit and get away from my life. It's like a little staycation. Fuck you. <laughs> this house is bigger on the inside than the outside. Also, my food jumps around. Same thing. Uh, and then also wizards come there to do... Or mages, I'm sorry. Yeah, mages come majors, there. They come there to do their experiments. Yeah, that's why they come there. Yeah. So that's... It's sort of weird. I mean, granted, thankfully it only does it for the ones where that game has like a very strict meta plot to it. Like, it doesn't give you a reason to try and integrate GURPS. No, GURPS is just... Hey, if you wanted to change like one of these guys into a GURP system, you could do this. Yeah, here's how Whatever. you, you could take a GURPS character and turn him into a Nexon character instead. Oh, you know what we never actually uh, said? The resolution system for this? <laughs> oh, yeah, people are going to get mad if we don't cover that. So, Oh, it's, uh, it's your standard uh, Robin Laws. You have 2d6, one's a positive, one's a negative. You subtract the negative from your positive, and whatever that is, you add on to your... Stat plus skill. And then you compare that against the difficulty chart, and if you if you are higher than the difficulty, you succeed by factors equivalent to the amount that you are greater than. So if you're like 15 or greater over, it's the world's greatest success. If you're 15 or lower under, it's the world's most horrible failure. Yeah. But, but usually it's like, oh, if you get a plus zero, you succeed, but kind of badly, and then yeah. like a plus one and a plus three and so on. Yes. So basically it uses the feng shui mechanic. Uh, except this book came out a year or two before Feng Shui, so... Yeah, it's got the exploding sixes, so yeah. if you roll a six, you can keep rolling that one. So, surprisingly, it's it's like seeing proto-Feng Shui. It's like, it's like this huge pulsing skeleton that, that Robin Laws, who worked on this game, uh, just reached into and pulled out the one good part and, and strolled away with. Yep. I, I'm, I'm being unnecessarily mean. I actually think this game's all right. Nah, I mean, it's... I, I have a lot of complaints, There's but mostly because it makes me think about them, which I suppose is good. Yeah, yeah. It's a book that really makes you think, what, what. Yeah. Really, really makes you think, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, like those little Facebook pictures of minions. Yeah. Or or those Facebook pictures of flowers with a quote on it. Yeah. It makes or, you think. Or Facebook pictures of nebulas. Or just Facebook. Just, it just Facebook. makes me think about Facebook. I'm just thinking about Facebook right now. How come there's no dislike button? Ooh. Man. Uh -huh. 
God damn it. So, uh, so yeah, that's the resolution mechanic. And we've also talked about how this game actually managed to get 10 games to agree to this conversion thing. This game came out like one or two years after the famous The Primal Order, which is the Wizards of the Coast game that was not successfully sued by Palladium, but sued by Palladium and then sub- settled in arbitration because the Primal Order, without permission, included conversion rules for how to take Palladium characters and make Primal Order characters out of them. Yeah. Uh, that is the weirdest friggin'. That's the most palladium story I've ever heard. He sues. He immediately gets boycott. Part of his arbitration agreement is, please ask people to stop boycotting me. <laughs> and the arbiter is not some lawyer, but Mike Pondsmith from Artalsorian Games. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'll just have one of my gaming buddies do this because I don't know how to work with professionals. I don't want to get a lawyer up in this. I'm just going to have some guy do it. I got, I got a friend I met at a game store once. He can do this. He'll arbitrate. That's the secret to my life. <laughs> That's the secret, Cap. <laughs> Why being mean? Simbita is so nice. Huh. Oh, well, whatever. Anyway, so, John, you want to get into your favorites and least favorites? Sure, might as well. Okay, great. What's your favorite thing? Okay. Uh, About this game. Best da, thing. Da, da, dun, dun, da, da. I'm doing some new stuff for here. We're, we're trying out a new Why? thing. Your Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> you're, you're ruining my thing. <laughs> okay. What, oh, you're you? making it weird. <laughs> All right. What you got? Uh, best thing in the book for me is I want to say the way that it makes me think about the game. Mm-hmm. Because instead of it being like, oh, it's some dimensions or whatever, because it got into the specifics of how realities connect and things that happen. It made me want to dig deeper into it. I'm like, okay, but if it connects that way, what happens to this reality? And then, okay, if you do that, then can people on the other side see into this? And how how does trade work? How does this work? And it just, there were some of the questions get answered in there, but a lot don't. So I think the best thing about this is the actual core concept. It's like jazz. The, your favorite part is the part that's not in the book. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the notes they don't play. <laughs> Yeah, no, the the big thing about this is the concept is weird and interesting enough that it made me want to dig into it. Because there's a lot of the books that we do where as soon as I start reading about it, I just make a low-pitched moan the entire time I'm reading. I'm just like, (laughs) oh, fuck this. Yeah, I didn't get there with this one. This one was tolerable most of the way through. There's some sections that I'm, well, I'll get to that in my least favorite. Yeah, I mean, it's not one of those books like you know, a Dark Earth Legends or a Fifth Cycle we're reading, and I'm just like, don't care. No, there's inventive, fun stuff happening here. Yeah, so I'd say the the fact that the setting draws you in is my favorite bit. All right, great. And for you? Uh, I'm going to say my favorite thing about this game is the freeform aspects of character creation. Okay. It's neat to see that kind of stuff happening way back in the early 90s. Uh, this game's got a lot of that. Like, build your own skill system. Who gives a shit? Make up your own spells. Wee! And, and it's fun. It's it's a fun way to be inventive and get the things you actually want out, out of your character. Yeah, I mean, when I first saw it, I was very much in that power gaming mindset where I'm like, well, you just do this and that, and then you can game the system to get extra points. But I'm like, yeah, but anyone can. Yeah, everyone can do it, so it's not really cheating. It's not like when you know that one class you can take in a and d game that's the best class and do the thing where no one else can follow you. In this game, if everyone min-maxes, who gives a shit? You just up the power level of the game slightly. Yeah, at that point, you're just like, dude, whatever. Uh, we all understand that you're going to take two stats for five points instead of six. 
You're all going to get skill packages rather than specific skills. Everyone gets it. Just do whatever you're going to do. Yeah. And besides, what are you going to do with a whole bunch of extra skills? I mean, like we were joking around during it, there's a, there's a limit on how many useful skills you can really buy out of a package before you're like, oh, my character has uh, lesser cryptography. I'll make some easy codes. Ooh, RPG design. This is going to come in handy right after I finish up with this flower arranging one. Yeah, the the... Uh, like the min-max aspect of it is originally, like when you first read through it, you're like, oh man, but then it, you realize it doesn't matter. It really, so. it really doesn't. So uh, so yeah, I, I think a lot of the freeform aspects of character design are, are going to be my favorite thing. And John, what would you say is your, brought to you by Doritos, worst thing in the game, trademark? Cool Ranch. <laughs> Cool no, Ranch is the worst thing in this game. <laughs> no, it's brought to you by the nacho cheese ones, John. We, we're working with the good Doritos. Yeah, I know. That's why Cool Ranch is the worst thing in this. Oh, okay. So Cool Ranch is the worst. Wait, what is the worst Dorito? Uh, the worst Dorito? What is the worst Dorito? What is uh, Is plain? it plain? Because plain <laughs> yeah. exists. Because plain. Why would you get that? You're eating Doritos. Stop yeah, it. If you want plain chips, go buy them. You're buying Doritos for the flavor blasted super powder. <laughs> yeah, no one is like, ooh, Doritos. You know what I love about Doritos? The chip. The, the fact that they are sort of a tortilla chip, I guess. There's some corn chip. That's great. I love that. Yeah. No. Stop it. Okay. So it's not like, for example, Navratom Korma or Turkey Explosion or any of the other number of Doritos flavors that I am making up as we speak. Oh, man. You know what the best one was, though? Mm-hmm. It was the uh, uh, Stadium Nacho flavor from the... They had a small Super Bowl promotion a few years ago, and it tasted like sort of... The the like shitty the liquid cheese, cheese the, the liquid ki- cheese the plus queso. jalapenos. All right, and it was just like, oh, it tastes like fucking stadium nachos. This is great. Yeah, all right, I can see that. So plain Dorito is the worst. Yeah, brought to you by plain Doritos. What is your least favorite thing in this game? Uh, God, I'm just gonna say the vehicle combat. It is fucking never. It's never good. We vehicle didn't combat it. is yeah. never good. It's uh, they at least have a. S- Less complex than a lot of things, but still a whole bunch of doofus rules for it. Mm -hmm. And uh, the rules for throwing an object or getting hit by a car is the same shit of just, all right, you have to take your speed, and then you find your speed number, and then you take the mass mass of the lowest mass item, and then you take the kilograms, and you find that on a chart, and you take these two numbers, and you add them together, and then you take a D6, and there's your damage. You're like, ugh, who cares? Fuck you. Yeah. But vehicle combat is never good, and I never like it in any game, and... Well, you know what? That means that if that's the worst thing you have to say about this game, then this game must be reasonably all right, because you always hate that. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's reasonably okay. Yeah. The, the fact that the rules, like vehicle combat, are just not great, and it's it's got a lot of uh, the penetration and armor rules mm. that are a little... Who cares? They're they're just unnecessary complexity for damage ta- tables. Basically. Oh yeah! Instead so. of it being like, oh, I hit you, and armor takes off a certain number of damage. You're like, oh, I've got a penetration value as well as my damage value. Yeah, and I can have a penetrating attack or an impact attack. And I'm like, eh, it's all right. It's not like it's the worst thing. It's great to you know, oh, my character does high penetration, low damage, so he's really good at sniping eyes or something. You know, it, it's it's levers you can use to define what your character is, but. But yeah, they're they're they feel unnecessary here in a game where so many of the elements are freeform. Well, it's just checking more charts is the only yeah, thing. It that may, is true. It slows things down to the point where I'm like, meh, 
you didn't need to do it. It was just you got some nineties in there. And yeah, it's gonna whoops, you got a little nineties in there. You got some nineties on you, and oh. I understand. Oh, guys, you gotta come check this out. That we got a little infestation of nineties. Check it out. If I lift this couch, the bottom part of it's gone all hyper color. <laughs> you got some. You got some nineties in your book there. Uh, I don't know. We can we can fumigate it out right now. You can see right here where the charts are. Real bad nineties. Yeah, yeah. Look at that one. That one's brought to you by Stussy. You got some real problems down in here. We can probably fix this. So so that's Miley's favorite. Why don't you go ahead and take yours? You got some stats in here for a Spice Girl. All right. Uh, you know what? Since my least favorite was going to be throwing weapons, I'm going to change my my least favorite to. Uh, <laughs> Basically, the, too much of this book is dedicated to just noodling on and on about what would be possible in a, in a parallel universe scenario. True. There's just so many things that are like, what if there was a road that went on forever? And it'd be like, yeah, that's that'd be a neat thing for like a short story by Heinlein, but not especially useful for role-playing games. Huh. You chase this guy for a thousand million billion miles, and then you catch him and you guys have a fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it, It's just sort of... There's a lot of noodliness in here that, it, that that's cool and clever, but not especially role-playing game-friendly. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a section where they're talking about in Angel City where they're like, oh, there are surfers here, and you can surf, and they know how to surf in such a way that right as the wave would normally be, like, crashing, they can go into and slip into another dimension where the wave is still going to the point where they're like, oh, yeah, someone will go out and come back like a day later and go, oh, man, I've been surfing for like a whole day, and that's all I do, and I, I fucking love slipping dimensions while I surf. Okay, can, like, can four players do this? Could you do a party of cool surf dudes? Yeah, the, the problem is you look at it and you go, that's an interesting little tidbit of information that has no bearing on what I would be doing in this setting. Yeah, which isn't a bad thing. It's just that the, the I feel like the ratio is a little off in here. That's yeah, all. Yeah, there's a lot of those little asides of let me tell you about a goofy idea I had in how my world would work. So yeah, and like I'm saying, that if that's my least favorite, then this book's not that bad. So this is actually, uh, here we go. John, would you play this game? Uh, I would. Um, it would be, I mean, it's definitely one of those 90s games where looking at it, I'm going, man, I know that this would be annoying for the rolling aspect of it, like the actual play. It's the latest in a long line of you'd steal some of the good parts. But, I mean, if someone went, look, I'm playing a game in the world of Nexus, I'd be like, great, my character's going to have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to fuck with this design so much. Oh, man, I am going to ruin this for you. That's fine, John. The answer is that there's turtles all the way down. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. I'm going to exploit all of these turtles. <laughs> I'm going to exploit these. <laughs> Come on, you turtle. You work for me now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, yurtle. Get it together. Where's my money, turtle? I know you got my money. I saw you out on that street. Come on, Donnie. Give me, give me that money. <laughs> there you go. Your plan is to join someone's Nexus game and be a turtle pimp. Yes. Okay. That, that's it. I'm an interdimensional turtle pimp. <laughs> well, I know what your bonus content's going to be now. <laughs> uh, Sweet Diamond, international turtle pimp. No, I'm sorry, I'm interdimensional. Gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a, a Saurian guy just so you can have a dinosaur because fuck you. <laughs> Oh, you piece of shit. <laughs> I'll just play as an actual dinosaur. <laughs> For reals dinosaur. Or, or the second coolest possible thing besides a dinosaur. I'll play as a World War II airplane. <laughs> <laughs> You're a dinosaur man, and I'm a P-38, and together, we don't make any sense. <laughs> together, we fight crime. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
All right, so I assume you would also play yeah, this thing. Yeah, sure, I'd play in this. Like you're saying, it's got too many charts, but once you get past the too many charts thing, and here's the thing, a lot of our critics, have, uh, our critics, and given that we have become game critics, I guess, uh, a lot of our critics are like, these guys just hate charts. It's it's so obvious. It's like, no, this game's got a fun story, and the charts aren't that bad. I would totally play in this game, despite the preponderance of pointless charts. Yeah, the thing is, I like charts when they don't mess with game flow. Yes, yeah. It's why I'm fine with things like Heroes Unlimited's charts, because there are a million of them, but it's all character creation and stupid bullshit before you start playing. Yeah. But as soon as you get like, all right, now you start playing, and now you have to look at a chart to see if you do a thing like the phase rip, yeah. now I'm like, oh man, I don't want to have to keep referencing a chart every time I do anything. Yeah, the phase rip table is strictly unmemorizable. Yeah. It's like designed to not be memorizable. Like you have to keep the back of the book handy at all times so you can look at this giant table, this periodic table of amazing to, to legendary or whatever it is. It, this book has the problem where you're going to be doing a lot of, I rolled a hit this guy. Okay, check this chart. All right, according to my results, I have to go check another chart. Well, that's 30 pages ahead, so we'll go look at that chart. Like it would just take forever to memorize them all, and, and it's, it's unnecessary. Like sometimes it's best if a game can be handled by all the stuff you just remember. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, but no, I would totally play this game. It, it seems like it could be actually be a, a decent bit of fun. Yeah. So that's a double recommend, tangentially, or sort of, on Nexus, The Infinite City, written by... The actual author's name is uh, Garcia. Garcia and Robin Laws get heavy head writer credit on this one. So, uh, so there you go. Folks, thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of System Mastery. Uh, as always, we are going to be... Uh, doing bonus content. If you want to get your hands on some of that sweet, sweet bonus content, all you have to do is support us at patreon.com slash systemmastery at any level whatsoever. If you give us a single dollar, you get our bonus content, which is us making character. I'm sorry, it's a single dollar per episode forever. You have to do it that way. Otherwise, yeah, you have to. It's not just a single dollar. Let's get, let's get this clear. You, We own you. Yeah. Once you're as soon as you sign up, you didn't read the fine print. You're ours now. Yeah, you're you're just another uh, body in John's turtle stable. You're, you're just another brick in the wall. <laughs> so, at the single value, at the value of a single dollar, you'll get access to our bonus content, which is us making characters in these games. Other than that, look forward to about a week from now when we will put out our first episode of non-afterthought alt- alternate week content, our first expounded universe where we'll be uh, reading our way through Shadows of the Empire. Ooh. Uh, so we'll be doing a little Star Wars stuff for a while, mostly just to let the creative juices flow. We've kind of run out of skits. Yeah. And there's only so many times we can tell you what like our favorite role-playing game is. So so this is just going to be a fun little thing we're going to do as a project for a bit. Uh, otherwise, check out Movie Mastery. Check out all of our friendly neighborhood uh, one-shot network podcasts, such as Adventure. Adventure is an actual play podcast hosted by Pranks Paul that focuses on generating fan fiction for established books, TV shows, and movies through tabletop gaming. Adventure will feature a rotating cast of players in a variety of media properties. There are far too many for me to list, and so I will not. It's not that I don't know any of them, it's that I. Uh, it's that there's too many. Yeah, that's it. That's what it is. That's what it is. Of course. Uh, and I think that should be just about cover it. John, you got anything else you want to say? Uh, nope. Well, then we're done. Yep. Have a good week. Yeah. <laughs>